Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. All right, welcome back to the Survival and Basic Badass Podcast. Kevin and Chuck. Today we're going to talk about gangland. Gangs, organized crime. Um, Usually when people think of gangs, or actually usually when people think of organized crime, they think Italian mob, mafia. But gangs are pretty organized these days. And I'm That's talking right. about your street gangs, your whatever. But I'm also talking about organizations of people. You know, your biker gangs, your whatever, it uh they can actually become a fearsome force. Mm -hmm. Now, there are things like Antifa and things that we might come across and run into today. Um what is it? Uh MS thirteen, uh different things like that. These things might affect your world right now the way the world is. Mm -hmm. But also your world may kind of change you know if one of these you know horrible events that preppers are always worried about happens you know gangs are usually pretty quick to jump in um one of the things that comes to mind is uh rodney king and that's right you know, it didn't take long for the world to fall apart yeah. and uh you know all the riots and the craziness you know every time election day rolls around depending on the uh political climate you run the risk. And what was his name? Uh, Reginald uh, Denny. See, the guy with the 18-wheeler? Yeah, yeah. And he found himself so, in a situation where he was outnumbered. Outnumbered. And, out, uh, and trapped. And, uh, you know, really the reason, really the point of this podcast is to um, either... prepare. Yeah, be prepared for that sort of situation. Yeah, we're not going to necessarily talk about gangs and this color means that, and mm -hmm. this and that and the other thing. We're going to talk about how it actually affects you in your life 
and what you need to be aware of. Because guess what? People who are organized can be a real threat. Right. And when the black market skyrockets, those are the going to be the people that are that are running it. Turns out when law enforcement goes away, that's when people who work outside the law really tend to thrive. You know, um, I mean, that's that's basically how it works. The other thing that that uh, seems to really be an asset for these gangs and, and groups like this is they tend to have like communities. Um, I know like in Poughkeepsie, New York, we have uh, the way it's like a smaller city, the way it's set up. There are whole blocks where you'll just have Mexicans that live. And, you know, the next block over, it'll just be, you know, African-American, whatever, you know. So you have all these people. And I didn't realize this. I work in the city all day long and whatever, drive up and down these streets. And I'm talking to a um, a Mexican lady and she's telling me, oh, my husband works three blocks that way. And he can't walk home from work because he has to walk through the black blocks. Mm-hmm. And they'll all kick his ass, and he got the shit beat out of him. You know, the other day she's telling me, mm-hmm. and she's like, you know, it's all very territorial. But I guess what I mean is, they already have a secure area kind of already set up. So when the infrastructure goes away, they're protecting their own. They don't have to worry about somebody knocking on their door and robbing them, right? Because that's their neighbors and their people, and they're already set up to take care of their own. And to be honest, everyone around knows that they're there taking care of their own. Right. And that has real value. Um, it really does. And honestly, I think the communities that in the in the urban areas that would last longest in in one of these situations would be these uh com- the, these close knit ethnic communities. You know, the Italians did it. The Irish did it. Yep. You know, and the, these groups held together, you know, even even uh, even a lot of the um, uh, a lot of the Jewish communities. Yes. You know, these groups held together and held their own by protecting each other and, and standing up for each other. You know, other. it's that whole strength in numbers thing. Right. Um, you know, people really used to take care of themselves. I mean, to be honest, nobody, you know, seems to go to church anymore. Mm-hmm. But that's a community of people who take care of each right. other. Now, usually the downside to a church community, especially as we get in the bigger you know, world, they're so sparse and spread out that people aren't all going to the same church and right. you're not in that block. Right. It's right. nice to have an infrastructure of people you can count on, and it might be great people that you can set up preps with and whatever. Mm-hmm. But geography also comes yeah, that into comes play. Yeah, comes into, into play, right. Now, if you all go shelter at the church and set up there, that could be huge. Mm-hmm. And that, in a way, you're forming a gang and a right. gang of protection if that's, you know, the way you decided to incorporate that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if, you know, economic collapse or whatever, and all of a sudden, you know, everything shuts down and services shut down and, Grocery stores aren't being uh, restocked. Setting up a community and organized at your church. Now, do you feel that you could work with your church like that? Would people really be honest and share and whatever? And if they're not, 
maybe you should be rethinking your church. Um, I mean, that's the thing. If Is it a group of close-knit people, people that you would find to be valuable assets to each other? Or is it, you know, a bunch of your friend's parents who, uh, you know, are 80 years old and, you know, don't do anything? No, right. sometimes there's wisdom and knowledge there, mm -hmm. and sometimes there's not. Yeah, right. You know what I found out, actually, is just because you're old does not mean that you're wise. Yeah, you know, you're right. Most I used of, to think, oh, you have to yeah. respect your elders most of and the be people, nice. Yeah, most of the people that I meet that have gray hair are are wise, intelligent people. Okay. But not all of them. Not all of them. <laughs> some of them are dumbasses. There's some dumbasses out there. So just putting that out there, mm -hmm. just in case that's where you're now, looking I, for wisdom. I want to do a quick run through of like maybe different types of organizations that okay. you might have to deal with in a in a end of the world type of situation. Um, All right. So let's just uh, let's just do a quick run through of some Is of these. Is it the guardian angels? Groups. Well, there's some angels on this list, but not the. But guardians. it's not the guardian angels. Okay. All right. Because Curtis so, Lewa and the Berets and mm. yeah. So 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 maybe only New Yorkers know what I'm talking about. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> no, that's. All right. Um, <laughs> moving right along. So I think the, the, the organizations that are going to fare the best in, in a, you know, maybe an EMP attack or an okay. economic collapse would be drug cartels, oh. honestly. They're well organized. They have a lot of money. And basically, they're already prepared for this. Yeah, but what if, this the, is pa what what they if do. the pagers stop working? I, well, I'm talking about cartels, oh, okay. not gangbangers. Oh, okay. Um, they're heavily armed, you know, and a lot of these people, are, a lot of these guys, these organizations are off the grid already. Yeah. So they're going to be self-sustaining. You know, they, they have money, but, you know, obviously cash doesn't mean a whole lot, but it doesn't mean a whole lot to them either because they've got so many. A lot of these cartels make $20 billion a year. El Chapo's money. El Chapo's cartel was bringing in twenty billion a year. They're not they're not just stacking it up in a room somewhere. They're spending money on on protection, bodyguards, firearms. You know, and I'm talking about heavy firearms, not, not just hookers not like AK forty sevens. Well, hookers and blow are in there, but when you got twenty billion dollars, you, you know, got money for hookers and, and blow, right and gold AK forty seven. Right, right, all right. Um, and their manpower is actually skilled. You know what I mean? They, they they have people that are assassins. They have people that are informants. They have people that have that are all le they also, levels. They have a network of right. people to deal with and people who bring in supplies. You know, I mean, just having, you know, you imagine these are people who can smuggle in things in and out. They right. already have a structure set up. Mm -hmm. And sometimes when... The world kind of collapses as we know it. That doesn't mean their world's collapsing, you know? Right, right. The one good thing about drug cartels is they're not interested in your, your canned food in your basement. You know, really? it's, they're not going to be somebody that's going out of their way house to house. So I think they're going to be just, just fine on their own. And you don't not, have to worry about them I as think much cartels, as— cartels, you're right. Mm -hmm. But then when we talk about gangbangers, that's a different thing. Well, let's talk about street gangs right now. All right, street um, gangs, game on. They're organized. They have a structure, a hierarchy. Yes. Um, Loyalty. Mm -hmm. Right, loyalty. Um, and they're interested in your shit. 
you know, they're not planning for, uh, you know, not planning for not being able to go, go to the grocery store. They're planning on taking what they want when they want it and yes. from whoever they can get it from. So I think uh, a lot, especially in urban areas, I think that this is something that uh, some of the urban preppers really need to pay attention to. Yeah. You know, and uh, they're prepared in the sense that they have an organization with tiers, with people with specific jobs. They may not be prepared to, uh, you know, close close their doors to their house and survive for, for three months. Right. But they're prepared in a sense that they're in the community and they have their fingers in different things. And sadly, they're not afraid of the brutality, typically. That's right. That's right. And that's a hard adjustment for people who live the typical day-to-day life. You know, you... In the back of your mind, you know, they always say the normalcy bias. Mm -hmm. You know, it's hard to transition into a world of brutality. You know, the strong man wins kind of thing. These people have been living in that world. Right. They're already there. Right. And that changes things. They've been in fights. They know what a fight deals with, you know, what a fight comes to. Let let me just run through like uh, the MS thirteen the All gang right. hierarchy there just All as right. an example. First, they have the Council of Nine. Oh, I looked this up. I I couldn't find any of the names of the no. Council of Nine, but it's basically nine members that make all the major decisions. After that is the the clique leaders. Now you'd think they'd do thirteen. You know, Council of thirteen. Yeah, that's not how it works. In in all right. sorry, in the, my yep. mistake. Uh, click reader leaders basically run neighborhoods. You know, they're they're the you know block by block type of uh, leaders. There, uh, after that is the finance and special ops. Finance basically is is they don't make a whole lot of money, but they are basically uh, keeping track of where the money's coming from and who it's going to. Okay. Uh, special ops is basically what you would think it would be. Basically, assassinations is what special ops does. Hmm. And they're in charge of the hired assassins, which is the next tier. Now, when you get out-of-town uh, people, that's, I mean, that's where you get them from. You know, out-of-town, uh, they would hire somebody from a different city to come to their city to kill somebody and then get the fuck out of town, you know? So you can't track these down. Uh, after that is the extortion and the the menial labor um basically the menial labor is is grocery shopping for the for the gangs i mean they still have to do the everyday things now if you're in this tier in ms13 you're only making 40 dollars a week oh that you have a salary apparently you got a salary and you only make 40 dollars a week for doing all this stuff so you got to have another job mm, unless you can live on 40 dollars a week mhm and the last tier, there's one below the forty dollars. Yes, all right. These are basically the informants. Now it's important when you have an in an organization are like this snitches? to have your fingers out in the community. Feelers. You know what's going on. Yeah, so they're going to be ready for these types of things beforehand. And uh, I think that you know, I think it's a it's important to look at these groups not just as as like raving lunatics. That are you know high on PCP, right? But you know, 
an organized group. You know, you might you might get in a, gu- a gunfight and win the gunfight with with somebody that's trying to break into your house, but then you may might end up dealing with another thirty people coming over there to find out what happened. Mm-hmm. So when it comes to these t- types of groups, you kind of want to be diplomatic in in a way if you can be. You know, you don't want to be a target. Um, now, one of the other organizations uh, in a more rural area is uh, rednecks and hillbillies is what I've got down. But really what I'm talking about is 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 uh, the big families, you know, there's big families that are that are running crystal meth and and moonshine and moonshine and different things, thing, you know, groups that you don't want to cross. But it's really more of a uh, specific geography with that, you know. Appalachia. Well, Appala- Appalachia. I, I lived out in uh, East St. Louis, and you and, had your uh, share of rednecks. There was definitely a, a good share of uh, meth addicts that were, you know, that were that were down. They were down. Yeah, they're already missing their front teeth. They weren't scared of a fist fight. Uh, the next one I want to talk about is biker gangs. Oh, sons of anarchy. Sons of anarchy. All right. Yeah. Now the Hell's Angels is ah, is the, the you know that's the that's like the the quintessential bikers gang right and uh, I looked up uh, who the president was nobody knows yeah um, then they've got the vice president the okay. treasury uh, full patch members um, sergeant at mar at arms honorary members and prospects. Now, if you're out riding a bike, that's your jam. You got a leather jacket. You got patches. Leather jacket. Don't have the. Don't have three patches. No. Top rocker, bottom rocker, and your centerpiece. Don't do that shit unless you're approved by the Hell's Angels, because they'll come. They'll yank you off your bike and they'll rip patches off your coat. And maybe, if you're lucky, they won't kick the shit out of you. Maybe. Maybe. You have to get approval. Did you know that you have to get approval from the Hell's Angels to have three patches on your vest? Just saying. Just saying. Just saying. All right. All right. So that's basically the the run through of of some of the organizations and and you know the things with with biker gangs is they're mobile. You know, they're armed. They're accustomed to fighting, and you know if they spot you on the road and food is scarce. They'll they'll run your car off the road. You just come out of Subway. Mm-hmm. You got a big sub. Got a big in there. sub. They're eating it. <laughs> they're eating it, and they're gonna grab your girl's ass. And there's nothing you can do about it. Maybe nothing. Maybe nothing. Maybe nothing. And we can get into talking about that in a minute. Really? Mm-hmm. All right. Well, actually, earlier in the podcast, we mentioned Rodney King. Mm-hmm. Um, am I, are we done with the types of gangs? That's I it. Wanna, all yep. right. I don't want to overstep here. So we mentioned Rodney King. And, you know, so basically this guy is driving his truck along his 18-wheeler. Mm-hmm. Not Rodney King. Uh, uh, it was, um, was Reginald Denny. Reginald. Yeah, I think So that's... Reggie's just driving along, happy. Mm-hmm. I'm in my 18-wheeler, cool. Then there's all these people out in the street. Blocking the roads, Blocking right? The roads. Couldn't go forward, couldn't go back. He's like, I, I can't run him over because mm-hmm. normalcy bias. Right. And because it turns out felony. 
Yeah. There's yeah. that. Uh, apparently, there are a lot of cases of people being panicked and running people over in these certain cer- cer- situations. Never works out as far as legally wise. As far as legally. Right. And we're not saying no. Better to be judged by nine than carried by six, right? That sounds right. Mm-hmm. But basically, this guy, big 18-wheeler, clearly could have got away. Mm-hmm. Yeah, could have. If, if he had stepped on the gas and just drove over people. And he yeah. he wouldn't have had, had his head smashed in with a brick. With a brick, I mean that's that's something there. So, mm-hmm. all right, um, Antifa, Antifa, right? They like to have these rallies and and stop people and mm-hmm. just block intersections. And I've seen quite a few videos on YouTube of people, you know, smashing on the cars, breaking glass, right. you know, scratching them up, denting them up, kicking the cars, mm-hmm. um. And honestly, that's a that's a good, good case situation. Yeah, you know, having your car scratched up, it's just a car. You know, it's not the kids in the back seat. You know, it's not it's not your wife getting dragged out of the car. And uh, you know, a lot of these situations, they're just they're just trying to make their voices heard, and so they're being destructive and disruptive. And sometimes that can get carried away to being violent. But sometimes that's not being disruptive isn't the main goal. You know, there's some hate out there. There's some hate out there. Um, so, I mean, that's definitely a thing. And at first, you know, when I wanted to do this podcast, that was kind of one of the things I was thinking about is, you know, what do you tell your wife? What do you tell your daughters, your, your sons out there? They're driving. You know, what do you do? When you come up to bad, and the more I looked into it, there's not a lot you can do. It's a bad situation. It's a bad situation. So the first thing I would say is you guys really need to be alert and aware of what's going on in your community. Right. You need to be aware of, you know, hey, this rally, this protest, these people are upset. This is going on. These people are downtown. And your first move is to really just stay away, to keep your friends and your family away. Right. Because it can turn ugly fast. Mm -hmm. And even if we can talk you through getting out of it alive, the legal consequences, there's a lot of ugly, you know, ugliness that comes with it. Right. Um, So, you know. First, like I said, you want to be aware of what's going on and hopefully avoid it. Then maybe kind of look at the signs, you know, look for the the blocked up traffic and know what's going on there. You know, is it just a car accident? Is it whatever? Mm -hmm. Or is there something more going on? Right, right. And paying attention to the news and paying attention to uh, the newspapers. Yeah. It has a a lot to do with that. You know, you might be able to know ahead of time. You know, what's what's going to be going on in a certain situation? So there was that other guy in, what is it, Alabama? Charlottesville. Charlottesville. Mm-hmm. Now, he just got sentenced. Who was that? Uh, James Fields. James Fields. Now, this guy seemed like he intentionally wanted to hurt people is what it sounded like. Yeah, you know, according to the... Uh... Uh, the court records and the testimonies and and that sort of thing. He was he was sitting at the under at the other end of the road, parked, and decided that he was going to drive that way instead of any other way. 
which is always a bad move. That, that's a bad move. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I mean, you know, one, you're an idiot. Mm-hmm. Two, yeah, the legal consequences are insanely severe, mm-hmm. as well they should be for intentional. Right, intentional vehicular homicide. You know, but even more than that, when you're surrounded by 40 Antifa people blocking up the street and you make the wrong turn and, and you end up in the middle of a rally, mm-hmm. um, you know, all these people are going to say, yeah, this guy just accelerated and, mm-hmm. you know, crashed into us. We were all just standing there peaceably protesting. No, we only smashed, you know, beer bottles into his car after he ran over somebody. Mm-hmm. Then we got... What surprises me is that he actually was able to not get hurt. get beat to death afterwards. Yeah. That really is a feat mm-hmm. on its own. Um, So... All right, so you're in the car. You missed all the signs. You got pushed in the thing, or maybe you just came out of uh, dropping your, I don't know, your child support payment off at the courthouse. Mm-hmm. I don't know what the fuck people do at courthouses. Yeah, I, don't I don't know what the hell happens there. Um, you just paid your traffic ticket. Right. And You just <coughs> slipped a note to the to a. Uh, 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 plaintiff that you've got their daughter tied up in a basement. Exactly. You know, whatever the normal things you do. You're doing your day to day. Not guilty. Not guilty. And you come out, you get in your car, and you pull out of the courthouse. And sure enough, while you were inside, an angry group got out because of some court decision, some cop who looked at somebody the wrong way, and mm-hmm. now they're pissed. And they're going to make things right by smashing the cars of anybody driving by. Right. Because that's how things play out. Mm-hmm. Um, so you're in your car. They're all there. They're gathered around. They have no intention of... Now, as you approach a situation like this, not slowing down to a ridiculously slow speed is sometimes your safest move. Mm-hmm. Sometimes. And I'm not talking about accelerating through and running people over. I'm saying not inviting people to come and block yeah. your way. Now, let's, let us let me just uh, rephrase what, you, what yes. you just said. Just in, in other words, if you're driving a uh, Ford Focus... Okay. And you drive full speed into a crowd of people, you're not going to drive out the other side of that crowd of people. And you're going to prison. And you're going to prison, right. So not slowing down as best you can by avoiding running people over, best bet. Best bet. Once you're in that situation. Because once you get to that, I can – because if they feel like they can step in front of you and not get dead. Right. They're going to probably do it. Right. Um, if you're they're like, oh, this guy's going 20, I want to stop, get step out and block him. But I kind of don't want to get hit by a car going 20 either. Mm-hmm. That's kind of the, the neighborhood we're talking about here. Mm-hmm. Um, this is all bad advice. And, and you know how we said in every episode somebody might get killed? Yeah. This is probably this is where you the die. section... But basically, it's a forum and a discussion. 
Right. And that's what we're having and here. These are all hypotheticals. Hypotheticals. Holy crap, there's a dog in here. Um yeah, should be all right. All right. Mm-hmm. Then uh then I think your next move, all right, they they've stopped your car. All right. Your your car is now stopped. Stopped. You're not going anywhere. Pounding on the glass. Right. Your adrenaline's rushing. Things are bad. You all right. First step, you don't want to get out of the car. Do you roll down your window and be like, "Hey, buddy, you got a light?" I I can tell you that that if you crack your window open, it'll be less likely to break than if you have it fully rolled up. Yeah, that's your rule. So crack your window if you can. Kevin's cracking the window, and then tell them. Then tell them that you hate white people through the cracked Fuck window. The bed. <laughs> Down with the bed. Yes. I hate Nazis. Blend in the best you can. Be on their side, right? Um, work to, work yourself towards the periphery if you have to get out of your car. All right. I actually wasn't even gonna get out of the car. I, I'm not even at that point yet. But mm-hmm. I would say if they drag me out of the car because they smashed the window, pulled the door handle from the inside. And I somehow shot everybody else in the face, and then, and then the rest of the guys you. came after I went through the four or five magazines I have with me. Mm-hmm. Then, when they dragged me out of the car, I'm like, wait, let me just get my black hoodie out of the trunk, and yeah. I'm at just that point, here to protest. At that point, it's too late to talk your way out of it. <laughs> you can't. Yeah, I feel like I, I could... I could I could talk my way through a meeting with Louis Farrakhan or David Duke. I feel like I could talk my way out of most situations, but sometimes, like you know what they always say, never underestimate the stupidity of large group, groups of people. Ooh. You know what I mean? There's talking your way out of it is not going to be not really going to be the way to deal with it. Now, um, so like I was actually I, I was talking about this with my my friend the, earlier this week. And I was, you know, telling him what I'm thinking and whatever. And he had brought up that locally we just had a uh, a, a guy rear-ended a, a car with four city dwellers, we'll say. All right. Who, uh, he got out, oh, let's exchange information, I'm sorry, you know, whatever. And they're like, grab a bat and I'm going to kill you. And come running at him. Guy's like, oh, crap, jumps in his car. Locks the door and hits the gas and ends up like crashing into a car on the side of the street. Uh-huh. And they got him kind He's of boxed, boxed in. in. Yeah. And they come over and the guy's walking over with the bat. And they end up dragging him out and beating the crap out of him. Mm-hmm. But uh, so my boss is like, well, what would you do? You know, and I was like, well, remember, we live in New York. Mm-hmm. And so you kind of get past the obligation to retreat when this guy had no choice. He mm-hmm. could not retreat. Yeah, however, at that point, he's in his vehicle. However, that said, these guys walking at you, they might turn around and, and you know, because they're all going to be like, yeah, we were just standing there and he started shooting at us. Right. And there's three of them alive or whatever that are going to be like, yep, mm-hmm. he just killed our friend. We were on our way to Bible study and... We don't know what happened. Got into a car accident and he lost his mind and started shooting and people. Started shooting. Probably saw the color of our skin. Mm-hmm. You know, so thing is, what you what you know? He's like, what do you do? So I said, well, 
I'd get my gun and I'd get it on the ready on my thigh there, kind of just sitting on my lap mm-hmm. and waiting. And, I, and be now, honest you don't with want you, him to see it, but I also am not going to be the end of the world. Yeah, maybe you want him to see it. That's you. I'm good with that. I've I'm been in it. situations where I've walked up to somebody in their car and flashed and in the... they had a gun on their their passenger seat that they set on their lap and I just decided to turn around You're and leave. You're like, no, I don't want to ask yeah. you that question. And, and let me just give you a, a real world scenario where, where uh, this actually played out. Uh, I had a friend I, I of mine that was... I my story there. Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. Go ahead. All right. And then we'll talk about your friend? Yeah. Okay. Unless he has better ideas than me. But, all right. So, anyway, they come up. I'm letting them come right to the glass. And as soon as somebody breaks the glass, Mm -hmm. I'm shooting that guy in the face. Right. Then, as more people approach, they're getting shot in the face. Mm -hmm. And, you know, because they duck down. I, I was shooting for center mass. Mm-hmm. But when they yeah. duck down they and get out of the way, yeah. I couldn't help it. Mm-hmm. Hollow points. So in those the face. eyes poking up over the window. But then, as soon as the other two decide to run away in New York, you don't shoot them in you the back. You can't shoot them in the back. Yeah, away. now that's so, that's homicide. Just now, a thought. You can't get out. Now of it. we're talking about in the city surveillance cameras, whatever. Right, you're being other watched. Pedestrians. How you behave is how you're going to be. Trying. Now this happens out in the woods. Just kill everybody. Nothing ever happened. Everybody. Everybody's going to die. Now, your friend, what happened? Uh, He was uh, coming through. I was talking about uh, East St. Louis earlier. Mm. He was coming through East St. Louis, and he had the wrong skin color, Mm -hmm. and he was pulling Mm -hmm. a trailer full of tools, and he was just about out of gas, and he thought that East St. Louis would be the place to pull off and fill up on gas. Bad mistake. Pulled into a gas station, and when he, as he pulled up, he saw that there uh, there was a car parked with some people leaning against it, and there is another uh, there is another car parked in the you know on the other end of the lot, and so he pulled up, swiped his card, and then the car one of the cars pulled up behind his trailer, and the other car pulled up in front of his truck, blocking his exit. So he said he put the gas nozzle back. Got into his car, opened his glove box, and pointed the gun through the windshield. And the people in front of him just took the fuck off. And they and were he, probably just there to said, get some crackers yeah, or something. He said, I, I didn't know what I was going to do if I was going to start shooting through the windshield. But luckily it didn't come to that. And it's probably good it didn't come to that because that wouldn't end well for you. Shooting through your windshield at people you know, that are just at the gas station. Yeah, they frown on that. Yeah, that, that's hard to explain. Mm-hmm. But I like that they get in the car and drive away. Yeah, they left, and I think I, I think just a show of force that you're not a victim. Sometimes, I like that part. sometimes that can be enough that I, it doesn't have to. I escalate. hope it is, but with the angry mobs, it, it gets crazy. Yeah. Um, and I feel like they look for any opportunity, any sign of weakness. You know, mm-hmm. right? You know, when you have your girlfriend who's crying in the mm-hmm. passenger seat and. Or maybe right. it's your boyfriend crying in the passenger right. seat. Or, or if it's, maybe the, yeah. you're, you're or if it's just the soccer just, mom driving. I was just giving it from my right. perspective. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe it's, right. maybe it's you know the tough girl who's pointing the gun out the window, and then her girl, her husband is sitting in the passenger seat crying mm-hmm. like a little baby. Yeah, and, yeah. No, because I know in the, this sort of situation, 
My wife would be writing that checks my ass couldn't cash. <laughs> you know what my husband's yeah. gonna do? <laughs> there'd be there'd be all sorts of trouble. He's gonna Shut fight up. you. You just, you and just be quiet. You and everyone of you. Oh shit! They never volunteer themselves though. They're not like I'm gonna get out and kick. You know what my husband's gonna yeah. do? Yeah, let me tell you about my husband. You're <laughs> fucking wrong with the wrong, wrong woman. You shut up. You shut your mouth. Yeah, it sounds right. Uh, all right, so uh, let's say now you're stuck. You can't go forward. Can't go back. You can't got get people out of the walking car. up on your car. You don't have a gun. All right. Because you live in New York State or some other communist area. New York City, right? You're stuck. You're stuck. It's just you. And Antifa. And Antifa. All right? All right. Now, you know what? If you guys in Antifa are getting a little offended right now, it's just you and the Nazi skinheads. Mm -hmm. All right? We'll change it up. Right. All right. All right. So now what happens? All right. Well, Kevin gets out of the car. Let me back up a little bit. Oh. Let me just say that there's nothing fair about fighting, especially when you're fighting more than one person. It's not like a fist fight and that person, you know, gets their bloody nose and then you end and you go drink beers. That's not how this no. works out. You're fighting more than one person and they're pissed off. They have adrenaline going. You have adrenaline going. Shit's getting real. And when it comes to a fight, the person that got shot is the person that lost the fight. That's the rule. Right. What you want to do is immediately be as what violent as possible. Nice. Violence of action. As violent as possible, and you hit the person that's talking the most shit first with whatever you got. The biggest You know, man. we talked about Im- improvised weapons. We talked about, you know, we, we've we've done podcasts on that. Maybe you only got your fists. Maybe the idea is to not to try and bust their lip with a, with a good left jab but to kick their kneecap backwards or just grab them by the balls mm-hmm. biting nut Kevin kicking none of that stuff none of that stuff is out of bounds no you're fighting for your life that means you do everything you can you jab do. them in the eye with your thumb that's right stick your eye stick your your thumb in their eye whatever you, you gotta know. do exactly exactly now uh, you don't Wanna worst case scenario is you go get down to the ground. Don't let them get get you on the ground. Uh, keep your opponents in front of you. Uh, be the first one to hit. You know you want to be the one that's throwing the first punch. Um, keep moving. Don't don't let them get around you. Keep them all in front of you. Right. When you hit somebody, hit them as decisively as you can. Put them out of the fight. You've got f- maybe five people you got to fight. Don't fight them over and over again. No. Don't don't give them a black eye and then move on to the next person. Break bones as best as you can. Do as much damage as you can as fast as you can. Um. And worst case scenario, break out the nunchucks. Yes. Finally, you're on my team. Mm-hmm. Now, the reason Kevin drops this subtle nunchuck disclaimer here is because it turns out according to Kevin Mm -hmm. it is now legal to possess nunchucks in New York State 
That's right. Big court case. Shall is, not be infringed, that, that's motherfuckers. Right. December 12th. It was ruled unconstant. There was a ban in New York State on nunchucks. Even possession of nunchucks in your own home. So. That's right. I'm so. Pulling the, brushing the dust off. Breaking mm-hmm. out the nunchucks. Breaking them out. December 12th, uh, uh, a guy named James Maloney mm-hmm. was a. Uh, James Maloney. Was now in the nineteen in nineteen in the nineteen seventies, Kung Wait, Fu. This guy's mania. been freaking fighting the courts since the nineteen seventies. Well, let me back up, cause yes and no. Okay. In the nineteen seventies, Chung Nunchuck Mania was mania? sweeping the nation. All right. Kung Fu movies with Bruce Lee kicking the shit out of people with nunchucks. Love it. Love it. The Chinese Connection, uh, Return of the Dragon. All of them amazing. Kicking ass with nunchucks. Uh, so the government in New York State was scared that there are going to be like roving street gangs and muggers that were just going to like start learning how to use nunchucks. Yes. And fucking people up. So 1974 was banned in New York State. Woo! Possession, uh, carrying it in no public, go. all that shit was wrong. So I'm not going to admit to any felonies. Mm-hmm. So don't even try and catch me. Right. I'm just saying. But there was a guy who looked like me once. After December 12th, acquired something. Went to <laughs> Chinatown mm-hmm. in New York City and was like, hey, I hear nunchucks are illegal, but you can't tell me that you don't sell nunchucks in a martial arts supply store. Right. And this guy who looked like me, after he said that, they were like, no, no, no nunchucks. Illegal. He must have been super handsome. He was handsome, this guy. <laughs> they were like, those are illegal. No, get out of my store. And I'm like, I mean, the guy who looks... <laughs> the guy. The guy. <laughs> the guy. I mean, he looks so much like me, I get confused. He's like, dude... You got to freaking hook me up with some nunchucks. And they were like, oh, nunchucks. Mm. And I was like, yeah, nunchucks. Wait here. Guy comes back. Turns out the way around it is I can sell you these two sticks Mm. and this chain with these two brass bells that slide over the end of the sticks. Mm Mm-hmm. And they have this screw hole here in these screws. Right. And you could have that. And as long as you never put it together. Legal. Legal. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, I see. This is very interesting. And then that same information would come into play after we had the SAFE Act. Mm-hmm. And I was like, wait, I could take an AR lower and I can right. buy an AR upper. And chain them together. And as long as I don't put them <laughs> together, it's legal. Mm-hmm. I you, now you're getting me. Right. I was looking through a, a book of um, of uh, uh, the history of small arms. Yes. And one of it did one, it start with one of the pictures? One of the things I found. What's that? Did it start with a picture? <laughs> no, no, not T Rex. Okay. No, it. it it had a picture and a, and a brief description of two flintlock pistols Ooh. that were chained together at the ends. So you could fire one, fire the other, and then use them as nunchucks. 
You don't even have to reload. Yes. (laughs) Now you're understanding Mm -hmm. the level of badass. Right. That's some badass shit. We've attained right here tonight. Mm Mm-hmm. So, just so you guys know. Now, uh, I had a friend of mine that, when it comes to uh, fighting large groups of people, Mm -hmm. um, reminds me of this story. Uh, A friend of mine that I used to work with, uh, he was a biker and was like... Mm. Like really, like the joy of his life was was fucking people up in fist fights, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and it, it was just something. I mean, some people are good at it, some people aren't. He was good at it. Now he was a forger as his his uh, his job. Basically, he uh, he forged uh, Native American artifacts and would you know make them. Mm-hmm. Apparently, you can take a, uh, a stone axe blade, make it yourself. Um, put a bunch of pennies in it or with it, and dog shit. Wrap it up in leather and bury it in the ground for uh, for two years, and it'll come back looking aged, like just just like it. You dug it up out of the ground. Just, is the dog shit just, the key? Yeah, that's the key. The pennies and the dog shit. That's the key. That's a side note entirely, though. So he was telling me that he uh, was at a bar drinking beer. And uh, there are four or five rowdy guys next to him, and they were wrestling, and they bumped into him and spilled his pitcher of beer on him. Mm-hmm. And he said, they said, oh, uh, sorry about that. And he said, all right. And he went back to drinking. But when he got done, he went outside, and all four of those motherfuckers were out there. But they spilled his beer. They spilled his beer on him. Mm-hmm. But they're waiting. I feel like there might be more to that initial part of the story that I didn't I didn't hear. But he said what he did was he gave gave one guy a quick left jab, kicked the other guy's knee out. Mm. Then stomped on the head of the person that he gave the left jab to. He said the third guy ran away and the fourth guy he grabbed him by the wrist. And put his other hand on the back of his head and swung him around and ran his face into a light pole. Yes. That's how you handle a large attack. I feel like if I was in that same situation, I would have just got the shit kicked out of me. Um, Some people are badass, though. Yep. And they know how to handle those situations. Well, I do recall being in Turkey. Mm-hmm. And my friend Kevin, not you. Different Kevin. Different Kevin. All right. He was from Nitro, West Virginia. I don't know if you guys know Kevin in Nitro, West Virginia. Well, if he's listening, he knows. He knows who he is. But Kevin, I even tempted to share a little more of his name, but I'm not gonna. Because mm-hmm. it just implies what a redneck he is when I tell you his middle name, but we won't mm-hmm. go there. But uh was like, we're in the bar, Turkey. He's like, these motherfuckers are so dumb. I can't believe the Turkish people. They're so stupid. And he's just going on and on. Because nobody in Turkey speaks the English. The women here are ugly. I don't like it here. They can all go to hell. Blah, blah, blah. Everything was fine when we were in the bar. Mm-hmm. And then when we go to leave, turns out all these guys are out there waiting for us. And they wanted to have a little fisticuffs of sorts. Okay. Okay. And... Um, I don't really remember all the moves, and I don't know about slamming anybody into a light pole, 
but I know we both had a lot of bruises and black and blue and bloody <laughs> lips and, and black eyes the next morning. Although he looked worse than I did. Really? All right. I, I would say that. I don't mean the Turkish guys. Mm-hmm. I mean, you mean your friend, friend Kevin. Kevin. Yeah. So I'm just saying that's a thing. If you're ever in Izmir, you might want to not not talk shit about their women. Shit unless you're a badass. So now another thing I want to talk about that we kind of I missed was Kevin had mentioned um you know, the anxiety when you're kind of in your car and, you know, people come up and, and are ready to fight. But they always say you never can prepare somebody mentally for battle. Mm-hmm. Right. That's not that's not something they can you can te- right. learn in it's school. It's hard to teach, you know, the feelings and whatever. And the only I was thinking about this and how to describe it to somebody, you know, what it's like to be in a gunfight or the stress of somebody coming up and, you know, mm-hmm. dragging you out of your car. Right. You think, oh, I'm going to be calm and react and do this. And, and I play these things. Now, you really will greatly improve your odds by playing out scenarios in your head beforehand, doing a little foresight and thinking, you know, all right, if this guy does this, I'm going to do this. Have a plan. Right. So it's natural. Right. Think that for me moves ahead like, like chess. Don't, you know, don't discredit that. I think that's great. But, I mean, I don't know if everybody's been through this or if it's just me and I'm a wuss or what. But, like, the first time I go to shoot, like, a, a small animal or something, it's, like, anxious and my heart's Buck racing fever. and you feel it. And you're like, oh, you know, and, and just kind of... Not that you can't do it, you don't, and it's not even like a mental thing, just the anxiety of doing it. It's weird, you get like a feeling. And then the same thing, you know, you go to shoot your first deer, Mm -hmm. and you get that kind of, your heart's like pounding in your chest, like, oh, I'm going to go do this now, and and this is the thing, and you go out there, it's kind of like that. You know, it's that anxiety, and it changes things, and you'll get where, oh, I didn't put the magazine in the gun. And, oh, I didn't, you know, rack around in my AR. And you just skip stupid steps, you know, and and that's why we train. You know, that's why the military is over and over again. And that's Mm -hmm. why it should be, you know, second nature with you using your gun and your knife and your, you know, different things. That's, you really need to spend time getting familiar because that anxiety can just really, I don't know, take its toll on you. Mm-hmm. And then after you do it once, next time is 10 times easier. And the next time it's 10 times easier than that. And it just becomes, you know, comfortable. But it really, when you get in real scenarios, it, it does. It takes a toll on you. And you really, you know, you need to start pushing your comfort zone. Um, And I think, you know, just building up to a level of preparedness that's going to, you know, take you to the next level. But that's about what I have on that. Mm -hmm. Now, Kevin did want to point out we got a package in the mail today. We did. Um, Tack Pack sent another uh, luxury box over. Mm -hmm. We uh, got a nice neck knife. Yeah. Now, I wanted to mention, I got an email earlier this week about neck knives. 
uh, one of the one of the people that emailed in was talking about a car accident uh, that their friend was in that was wearing a neck knife. And, and it happened to line up with the seatbelt. Lined up with a seatbelt. Broke his sternum. So, so just pay attention when you got those neck, neck knives on. You know, pull it on the outside more, of the seatbelt. Uh, thing in there. Just be aware. Um, they also have a nice SOG multi-tool. There was a multi-tool in there. Yeah. So Chuck and I had a fist fight for it. A little fist fight. Uh-huh. Um, there was a, a hang tough target, which uh, looks pretty pretty interesting, honestly. We're going to have to I, do I, some I, shooting. Yeah, talk to uh, Chuck and let me uh, keep that in my house. Um, there's a Christmas Kevin patch. thought he needed to up the toughness level in his house. That's so. right. That's right. There's, there needs to be a little bit more man man shit going on in my house. Um, there's a Christmas patch that came in, too. You'll shoot your eye out with an oh. AR-15 on it. But it, it's all wrapped up in Christmas It's wrapped paper. up in Christmas present. The perfect present for anybody on your wish list. Nice. That or whiskey. Mm-hmm. Or in my case, if you're thinking of me, I actually like Southern Comfort. But, you know, hey, I'm not as hard as the rest of you guys. But, you know, what What can I tell you? All right. Um, there's a, Yeah, so there's always uh, some interesting stuff that comes in with the tack packs. And there, are, it's. I think the value is always worth more than what you're paying for it. So uh, it's definitely, right. definitely something you want. The cool thing when you maybe sign up to give somebody a Christmas present, mm-hmm. to, you know Secret that's Santa. the cool thing you can do at the last minute. You're like, oh shit, it's Christmas Eve, and I didn't get my husband or my wife mm-hmm. something for their AR-15. What am I gonna do? Right. Wait. Just log in the tag pack. Sign up. And bam, they're going to start off the new year every month. You're right. New box. With a gun map. And then uh, with a gun all map, year, they're going to be like, you know what? My significant other really loves me. It's the gift that keeps now, on giving. that was the thing. If you use the code BADASS, this is why Kevin said with a gun mat, you get a free tack pack gun cleaning mat. Now, it comes separate, but it will come. Mm-hmm. And when it doesn't, I don't know, just send them some hate mail and they'll work that shit out. Yeah, you can send know. us hate mail too. We'll, yeah, we'll whatever, you know. Um, also, you guys may want to uh, head over to iTunes or wherever you're listening to this fine podcast. Mm-hmm. And uh, maybe uh, leave a review. Another thing, um, if you heard our interview last week with Chris from The Beard Show, mm-hmm. um, he pointed out that his bartender said... You know, hey, you know, here's a cool podcast you could check out. Maybe you want to share this podcast with your friends, or maybe you're a bartender and you want to tell and you want to tell everybody who comes into your bar. You know what? You really shouldn't be in the bar right now. You should be at home listening to your iPod. What kind of bartender is that telling people to go home? No, no, that's not. Listen to it in the bar. In. Now you're thinking mm-hmm. that's going to bring the customers in. You put this shit over the uh, stereo. Mm-hmm. You're thinking, oh, but I like to play Kiss. I understand that. I understand know, where you're coming hey. from. But maybe you're, you're three tequilas in and you think that starting a fight with everybody in the bar is a good idea. And now you're happy you listen to this podcast because you know how to handle it. <laughs> I, I don't even know where to yeah. go. For I'm actually, that. I, I honestly, I don't drink tequila. I'm, I'm allergic to it. I yeah. break out in handcuffs. Yeah, it turns <laughs> out. 
Yeah, I've seen you drink a little bit of tequila, it turns yeah, out. It always goes bad. Uh, you drink a lot more tequila than I do. I know that. Um, another thing you might want to uh, consider, it, you don't have to just be a bartender. You could tell people about this podcast mm-hmm. in any job. Right. You know, uh, well, I, I go to people's houses and do repairs. I don't say shit. Mm-hmm. But um, if you did go to people's houses, you could tell you them could about tell. it. Yeah. Now, uh, what we really are looking for is some reviews. Um, the more reviews uh, we have, the higher we're ranked. So if you guys could just uh, go on iTunes or Stitcher, wherever you listen, and uh, leave a review, we'd be happy with that. If you guys want to email us at uh, preppingbadass at gmail.com, um, I always answer the emails. I always like when I get emails from people that are listening to the podcast. It makes me... Uh, Realize I'm not just talking to myself. Um, and uh, if you want to go to Patreon. If he was just talking to me, I'm looking at my phone, I'm doing uh, whatever. He's on his own thing. He's doing his own thing. Glassy-eyed, not paying attention. Yawning. Whatever. Yeah. So, Patreon, you say? Patreon. Patreon.com slash prepping badass. And if you donate to Patreon, if you become a monthly su- su- subscriber, you get a Dope ass prepping badass patch. And speaking of Patreon and dope ass patches, actually, I got an email that we got a new Patreon subscriber who pledged $10 a month. Now, I'm almost afraid to say it out loud because he might be like, oh shit, I meant a dollar. Yeah. And he might right, go back and I was, fix that. I was drinking tequila and. But I'm yeah. just saying there's someone out there named Chase who made a serious commitment All right. to the Survival and Basic like Badass it. podcast today. And I'm wondering maybe why haven't you? <laughs> That's what I'm saying. So with that, stay safe, and we will talk to you guys next week. The Survival and Basic Badass podcast is a proud member of the Self-Defense Radio Network. Ooh.